Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the solar panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. It is during the off season, uh, but you know what? Sometimes the off season, Brandon, is more exciting than the regular season. What do you think about this coming up off season? Do you think that's going to be that case? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, a lot of NBA fans in general almost prefer the off season to the the regular season. Um, especially when your team's going to be in the mix for uh, potentially hunting for stars or blowing things up. Um, you know, obviously the way the sun season ended wasn't ideal, but with that comes uh, a little more excitement in the off season instead of just focusing on continuity and, and all that good stuff. That continuity is a four letter word now. Um, yes, no, I totally get it. And, and yes, so that a lot of this, uh, episode today is going to be talking about what's to come for the Phoenix Suns, what we think is going to happen, what we think could happen, should happen, all that. Um, but we've got uh, four quarters here for you today. It's just at the moment, it's just me and uh, Brandon Zona. And we are going to break this down in terms of, first of all, Zona has not had a chance to give his takes on how he thought the season ended for the Suns. I know you all are maybe um, just worn out from talking about, especially since there's no answers, but I still want to hear Brandon's point of view. I still want to hear what he thinks happened with the Suns to end this season in such a disappointing way. But then we're going to quickly move on to talk about what happens, what's going to happen this summer. How different is the team going to look next year? Um, how much money is going to be committed in subsequent years? All that stuff. There's so much that can happen with this, with this Suns team. Then we're going to do our true false section uh, and, and then we're going to make predictions. So this is going to be a great, great show. I'm really glad y'all are here. Um, those in the chat, thank you for being here. And we'll uh, share your comments and questions as we go through. But first, before we go too far, I want to hear what, Brandon, what do you think happened to the Phoenix Suns to lose four of their last five to the Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, I'll keep it quick because I know by this point, like you said, everyone's already kind of beat the, the dead horse with this topic, but um, yeah, it was just very unsuns-like, um, embarrassing. All the adjectives you could think of in the world, it just, it something just fell off. And uh, it, it's a shame that a 64 win season is gonna be remembered like that, but that's just the reality of the situation. We, uh, you know, they're up 2-0 to, you know, a team that, you know, frankly, I think had no business beating them and uh, just kind of saw that that lead, you know, get picked at, and just re- kind of reminded me of the the Buck series. Honestly, just that helpless feeling, just that sinking feeling, um, and you know, it's it's going to lead to big changes this off season. So that's that's a one positive, I guess, to where if you know maybe if they made the finals again and and lost somehow, um, 
they might try to run it back. But but now with losing that in that type of fashion, you you have to do something. So I think uh, big changes are coming, and hopefully Jones um, is as embarrassed as you know Suns fans were. So um, I think some moves need to be made, whether it's you know improving in, in certain areas or really just blowing things up. Um, I'm all for it at this point. Just try to you know take advantage of Chris Paul's possibly last season at winning a championship. See, that's it, man. You've got you've got Chris Paul as the team's second best player. He did make third team all NBA. Through the second game of the second round, Chris Paul had already won four of the Suns' six games all by himself with incredible fourth quarters to uh, start that offseason with a six and two record. I'm sorry, start the postseason with a six and two record, four of them directly attributable to Chris Paul because Devin Booker had been out for half of that first round uh, with the hamstring. And yet he has such a bad five games that we're just like, whoa, hey, we can't count on this dude. He should be a backup and all this stuff. Maybe we're overreacting a little bit on the Chris Paul hate um, and the Chris Paul being done, but we're not overreacting in terms of the Suns cannot be reliant on Chris Paul to be good an entire postseason. They just can't. What they need is Chris Paul to be like a pleasant surprise. They need to build a team, in my opinion, where Chris Paul is your pleasant surprise when he has great games and great performances in the playoffs. How do you do that? You acquire another 1A, another 1B, something like that. That's the only way you get there. Um, and how? And it's got to be somebody who can handle the ball. Someone's got to be somebody who can create the shots. But if the Suns go into next season with Devin Booker and Chris Paul being 1 and 1A, we're very likely to have a repeat, which is, hey, great seeding. Hopefully, you know, toward the top, probably a contender, probably. But then everyone's going to be like, but when does he get hurt? When does he get tired? When does he lose his mojo? It can happen because it happened last year and it's going to happen again. So it's really something the Suns have to resolve this offseason where Chris Paul is a nice to have, not a must have. That's my biggest takeaway. So, you know, in terms of priorities, and we're going to go into what do the Suns have um, to, you know, to have as far as priorities. Well, they've, they've got a lot of assets this summer, and I, I, we're going to be giving James Jones a little bit of credit here for exactly how many assets the Suns have uh, in a few minutes. But, man, going into next season, if you want to be a contender again, you've got to find another guy, and he's got to be at least as good as Chris Paul. If it takes trading Chris Paul to get there, you do it. But if it's adding to Devin Booker and Chris Paul, because Chris Paul is only guaranteed one more year full of salary, you do that too, and you tr- you turn in some of your lesser assets for a greater asset for a team that wants to rebuild. That's what I've got to. That's what we've got to focus on this summer, and so, as far as what we think the Sun should do. Um, <clears throat> so that's yeah. I, I think it's a total takeaway. Um, if the Suns were playing like themselves, and we still don't know what in the world happened to this team, especially those last two games, they won Game Five by thirty. I broke down yesterday on, on Brightside. I put a quick poll up on brightsideofthesun.com, and I just basically broke down that the the Golden State series against the Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns series against the Mavericks 
were basically actually the same series. They may have looked different. Part of that is because we're not so emotionally invested in either team. And part of that is because Golden State is in such a better frame of mind than the Suns were. But four of the first five games of each series were almost exactly the same. Suns went up 2-0. Golden State went up 2-0. The Suns won, um, uh, sorry, the Dallas won game four in both series. The Golden State and the Suns won game five by a lot in both series. The difference was game three. The the game three, the Suns are now two and four in game threes. They've had home court every series so far in the playoffs. They're two and four in game threes. They cannot put their foot down on a team consistently in game three, and it's bitten them. It bites them. The one, the the time that they really, really needed it was the first round this this year. Uh, they actually won that game three, and that's what saved them the series. Um, but anyway, going back to it, four of the first five games of each series with Golden State and the Suns against the Mavericks were the same. It's just that Dallas was still alive after game five against the Suns, even though they got blown out by 30 when they were dead and gone and, and scheduling vacation against the Warriors because they couldn't win game three. So that's your big, that's your big difference. Then of course, game six and seven, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I just, there's no answers to it. Jesus, it's just crazy. Um, but what are the, what, what have the Suns been lacking in both these last off seasons was a, a tertiary, another playmaker, somebody who can get their own shot. They tried to develop. They spent all season trying to develop Mikel. Bridges into that. They spent all season trying to develop Cam Johnson into that. They were without Chris Paul for a whole month. They were without without Devin Booker for almost a month throughout the season. Um, they they got good regular season contributions, improvements in those guys. We were excited about Mikel and Cam Johnson being better playmakers. Also, DeAndre Ayton. I'm not going to leave him out. His offense diversified this year a great deal he was able to do a lot more with the ball this year than he had before he was dribbling on many of his possessions and he couldn't dribble before without getting the ball stolen so look man it's the son monty williams tried to develop those guys in the regular season but they did not develop and uh, deliver in the playoffs so what the suns need to do is again take those guys as a nice to have take chris paul as a nice to have and get another need to have guy the guy who they count on that will deliver along with Devin Booker in the playoffs. That's the big deal that is missing from this team and has been missing the last two playoffs. And now um, the Suns have to do something about it. Yeah, totally agree on Chris Paul. Uh, I think at this point, everyone can agree that this trade has been a massive success. Uh, they went to the mm-hmm. NBA finals. They won 64 games. Uh, but now with, you know, his age and just, you know, the workload just adding up. I think at this point you have to find someone to ease that workload off him. And that's why I was a big proponent of trading for someone like an Eric Gordon this uh, during this trade deadline, just so, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, Eric Gordon's not going to be the difference between a championship. And that's not the th- like the thinking behind it. The thinking is that you get someone that takes that workload off Chris Paul and he's not exhausted in, in that, um, you know, New Orleans series or, you know, in the late stages of the Dallas series, it just gets you another um, option to just go get a bucket when you need it without having to really um, exhaust your. I just think the Suns have to shoot a lot higher than Eric Gordon. That's no, I know. I'm saying that was my goal there, the in season target this season, sure. this offseason. But I think finding another shot creator or someone that can get to the rim, um, 
those are the two main keys I think you got to look at. And, um, you know, obviously there, I think this, this off season is going to, there's going to be higher goals in terms of who that player is going to be. But, uh, but yeah, I think the Chris Paul trade at this point, uh, massive success, but, um, now he needs to take a back seat because they just can't have him being that, the second guy when he goes stretches without even looking at the rim. Or at least the middle seat in the front row. I mean, maybe not back seat, right? Like it, it, he's got to be able to be in the back seat when he's not feeling well, when he's not doing well. Um, yep. But when he's doing well, we also you also have to have it so that he doesn't get minimized when he's playing well too and when he's feeling good. Eric Linares in the chat, we traded Ty Jerome. Yep. <laughs> That might have been the answer for the Suns. Uh, the problem is you can't bring in guys who are traffic cones. The, the Patrick Beverly, for all of his talk about uh, Chris Paul being a traffic cone against Luka defensively, yeah, so was Patrick Beverly. In fact, it was a joke. It was a meme how Patrick Beverly got owned by Luka Doncic too. So I don't know. Everyone's kind of laughing about that. that. That guy is just trying to get a job in media because he knows his career is almost over anyway. He's never been more than a role player. Um, but you've got to get, I'm talking about big time player. I'm not talking, I'm mean, another Chris Paul. They need another Chris Paul. They need uh, another Devin Booker type. I agree that a midseason acquisition of Eric Gordon um, in retrospect might've been great, but uh, you just don't know. Everything's a butterfly effect. You don't know what would have happened. The problem is with Eric Gordon, he takes somebody else's minutes. Landry Shamit certainly didn't deliver. Okay, fine. Um, he could have taken all of Landry's and then some. I would have been totally happy with that. But at the time, I was excited about the develop of, development of Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson on ball, and they would not have been able to, to develop, although in hindsight, they didn't able, weren't able to use that in the playoffs to the Suns' advantage. So, yes, uh, looking back on it, hindsight's 2020. James Jones addressed that in the offseason, actually. The, the week after the season ended, he said, look, I can't talk about what might have been, should have been. I can only talk about practical trade opportunities, and that was not a practical trade opportunity. That's all he said about it. So it could be that we're all assuming that the Rockets would have traded Eric Gordon if the Suns just would have picked up the phone. But it could also be that the Rockets didn't want to trade Eric Gordon for what the Suns could offer. And the Suns really at the time could only offer a first-round pick that was two years out. And even then, they probably wanted it to be lottery protected. So you're not giving away for a 35-year-old player who's had one one really good th shooting season. Uh, you don't want to necessarily give away, um, you know, a good first-round pick in the future for a guy who's going to be a free agent and probably retire in the next couple of years. Um, so, yeah. So uh, Gilbert in the chat mentions uh, Bradley Beal. Yeah, he might be good. I don't necessarily know that you want to acquire a point guard or a combo guard because he's going to need 30, 35 minutes himself. Um, and maybe another position, maybe a front court, maybe wing, something like that. Somebody who can take some ball handling and shot creation uh, without taking Chris Paul's starting position because he's still third team all NBA. I mean, that's pretty darn good being among being considered by the voting media one of the top six guards in the league this year because uh, each uh, all-NBA team is only two guards. So to one of the top six guards in this year, you probably don't make him a bench player yet. <laughs> I think that's overreacting. Yeah, but you not. definitely want to make it so that you're not needing him to score 10 straight points every single fourth quarter. 
for yeah. you and, to get you that. Shout, shout out to Booker, uh, first team All NBA, well deserved. Um, I, it's easy to you know hate on it like after that whole uh, Dallas collapse, but you know it's a regular season award, and I think he more than deserved it. So just wanted to shout him out. Uh, same with CP, absolutely he, he deserved it as well. Uh, as bad as the playoffs ended, you have to kind of separate those two things. Look, all those all those awards are regular season awards, and they were very well deserved. Absolutely, Devin Booker, first team All NBA, first All NBA selection, period, and he gets first team. And it looks like a long career ahead of him on being All NBA and All Star and all that. He's he has arrived, um, and a lot of players want to play with a guy like that, and that's 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 a great sign. You don't want to be just a dude who, who uh, nobody wants to play with or nobody goes out of their way to play with. Like Chris Paul went out of his way to play with Devin Booker on purpose because it was Devin Booker, and that was before he made All NBA. So uh, that's another thing that Chris Paul has done is he has allowed Devin Booker to win enough games as as being a secondary leader to win enough games to be, make these all-NBA teams and all-stars and all that. He, he didn't get all that um, straight out without Chris Paul and without winning all the games that they won. So we got to give our props to Chris Paul. We got to give our props to Devin Booker. Give our props to Monty Williams. Yes, he's got to learn as a playoff coach. He's got to get better as a playoff coach. This is really only his third playoffs of his career. Uh, um, so, you know, he's not going to be a guy who who already has all the tricks and knows all the tricks. Hopefully he'll grow. He definitely grew into a better coach, regular season coach for sure, and he helped get the Suns to the finals in his first playoffs after taking a six-year hiatus. So maybe you don't throw Monty out either. I know there's some talk. There's some talk in the bright side comments section about Monty needs to go. And I'm like, mm, you might be a little early on that. And their only example is, well, Dwayne Casey won coach of the year a few years ago and was fired because of a bad playoffs. Well, yeah, but that was like his fourth of five straight bad playoffs or something like that. Like they only had one good playoff and they got swept the only time they got to the conference finals. That's not Monty Williams experience. He's had one bad playoffs out of two, but he had a great playoffs and they should balance each other out. And obviously he's going to get him another chance. Maybe if he, if they flame out in another year or another two years, that's when you move on, but you don't move on from him yet. He won coach of the year. You, you got to honor that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like getting rid of Monty talk is crazy and premature. Um, this has been a two year stretch, like one of the best two year stretches of Phoenix Suns history. So let's just relax a little bit. Um, like you said, if, if it's a regular occurring thing where it's like, you know, next postseason, the same issue happens, and then I think it could, it could be a discussion. But, uh, yeah, there, there's no way at this point. Hey, let's just take a minute to talk about our friends at DraftKings. Man, this NBA playoff action is awesome, and it's nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if you do. And one of the most fun things that people do game by game is doing their own parlay. You can combine multiple bets into one, like which team will win, how many total threes will be made, who hits the first three, who scores the first bucket, etc., etc. And boom, the more you parlay, the, more pay, the bigger the payout you get. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if you do. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, okay, so Monty's coming back. He is not the guy you're going to replace. Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, the only t- the only way you'd trade him is if you're getting someone even better than a third-team All-NBA player. Um, so Chris Paul's coming back. So let's talk about who's not coming back. Mikkel Bridges. What's your take? What's your what's the for you, Brandon? What's the likelihood that Mikkel Bridges comes back next year on a scale of zero to a hundred? Uh, ninety-nine. I I just don't see them moving him. I think he's a James Jones guy. Obviously, a little bit of a disappointing playoff. Uh, you know, run for him offensively. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do on that side of the floor, but I think he's still the perfect and ideal wing that you want next to Booker. Um, just as a complimentary player, I think he's a winner and I would hate to see him go. So I, I do not recommend trading Mikel Bridges. Um, but, you know, the only way that's going to happen is if it's a blockbuster where we're talking about some of the best players in the world, like a Kevin Durant, um, you know, that could change the discussion. But I would not trade Mikel. I, I think he's someone that I would love to see as a son for, for life. Yep. Sawbuck says 100%. On a scale of one to a hundred, yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so that's Mikel coming back. So let's go through the guys who are under contract here. Let me pull up my handy dandy spreadsheet. Okay, so you've got Devin Booker. Let's just go. Let's just go through them real quick. Devin Booker, scale of zero to a hundred. What's the chances he's coming back? One hundred. One hundred. Not even a question. Yeah, exactly. Mikel Bridges, 99, I agree with you. The only reason Mikel Bridges gets traded is if you get one of the top five players in the entire NBA. That's it. Yep. And uh, that would still be tough to swallow, but I would swallow that. Oh, hey, that came across wrong. Um, but anyway, yes, I would, I would be able to live with that if you're getting a top five NBA player. If Giannis is coming to Phoenix, I would trade Mikel Bridges in the package. Okay, chances Chris Paul is coming back on a zero to a hundred. What do you think there? Um, I still think it's very likely. I'm going to go with a, a ninety on that one. Um, it's just tough to see him, not only him getting moved, but a team trading, uh, you know, for his contract at this point. So I'm going to go with a ninety. All right. Um, I forgot to post the question here. So you've got, um, we got a couple of votes on book Fabio. I think you were probably talking about bridges, but if you were talking about Booker on, uh, being 90% coming back, if you can get a bead Giannis or Jokic, they're not coming here unless Booker's still here. You're not going to trade Booker for one of those guys. So you're probably talking about bridges. Uh, Fabio's also got CP three at 90, Ariel's got CB3 at 80. This is where we're starting to get at. Uh, Jam's got CB3 at 99. Um, Fabio's got Book at 100. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, that was about Bridges. Cool, thanks. Um, Sawbucks has CP at 80 if we find someone that does okay at the point guard position. So this is where you start getting Westville 92. This is where you start getting a little bit could happen. But here's the thing. Chris Paul is only going to get traded, A, if he asks for it, which he doesn't want to. He said Phoenix is the only place he wants to be. Or B, 
the Suns are going to get an all NBA player who's at least as good as him. All right. But that still is a, a crap move. And James Jones is not about crap moves. They're going to want to keep Chris Paul around next year. He's not going to be very tradable except for his contract is attractive, but the Suns have other contracts that are attractive. So I don't, I don't think Chris Paul gets traded, but there is a chance. That's why it's in the 90s. That's why it's in the 80s. Sure, there's a chance. Um, so that's Chris Paul. We're starting to get a little bit more tradable now. Uh, let me go to, let's just finish off the twins. Uh, Cam Johnson. What do you think, Zona, is the chance that Cam Johnson is traded? Um, I'm going to go... 75 um, in, in favor of him returning. but 75% he returns. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. 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 On the zero to 100 likelihood to return. Yeah. I think there's a decent chance he's moved, but um, I think they would probably favor keeping him unless it's a, it's a big trade like we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's a tough one because I, I can see them going either way and they have uh, team con- team control over his contract and they're in a good situation. So, uh, the right player comes along. I could see him getting dealt, but I, w- I would like him and Mikel both to come back. Yeah, so Cam Johnson is where it gets a little bit more tricky. Here's Cam Johnson's situation for those who um, are not quite up to speed on that. Cam Johnson is going to be entering the fourth year of his rookie deal. He's only going to be making $5.89 million next year. So he's one of the lower contracts, actually the second lowest value contract cost-wise on the Suns' books right now. Torrey Craig's the only one on the Suns' books right now who makes less because the rest of the guys are becoming free agents in June. Um, there were some lower contracts, but they're becoming free agents. So Cam Johnson, $5.89 million next year. That's less than campaign. Dario Saric, Landry Shamit, Jay Crowder, who are all in the 6-10 to 10 range. Mikkel Bridges, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker in the 20-plus range. Um, So Cam Johnson, if he's going to be included in a package, in a trade package this offseason, oh, let me finish the thought first. So he's entering his fourth year. Just like last year with Mikkel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, you can sign him to an extension on his rookie deal. The way he played this last year, he he scored 12 points per game. He comes off the bench. He was one of the better three-point shooters in the league, but he didn't really establish himself as a true guy yet and the playoffs do count when it comes to next contracts even though they don't count for end of season awards cam johnson did finish sixth in the sixth or third in the sixth man of the year uh, voting um but in the playoffs he didn't really step all the way up um i would expect his next contract his contract extension to be in the 15 million a year range which is a i, I think a good deal if he holds out for more then he's expecting a huge fourth year. I don't know what his camp is going to do on that. We don't know what his camp is going to do on that, but I think 15 a year is a pretty reasonable for him. Does his that make him tradable? What do you say? say? His camp will probably send the, the Knicks game highlight tape to James Jones and be like, are you sure? Don't That's one game. Back. Yeah, I know. The, that game was awesome. That was, that uh, was awesome. That was but probably my favorite game of the season. And he also missed a month after that game. He was never the same. After that, Randall... Think, was it the knee to the thigh? Or? Well, the thing is, the, the also also what we need to consider with Cam Johnson is he has not been 100% available in his career like Mikel Bridges has. So I don't think you give him as much as Bridges for sure. I think he's around 15. Mm-hmm. So setting all that up, 
He's got to be signed to an extension. Uh, and he's got one year, cheap year left. The only reason he would be included in a trade is if you're looking, if, if the receiving team is sending out a really great player and they want a, a guy they can plug right away who has a long career ahead of him because he's still just 26 years old, for, for sure. Um, so Cam is great, but not that great. Um, so I'd put his, his chances of return in the 75 range like Westville. Um, Westville has him in the 75 range. Um, Cam J jam. Uh, Cam J is an easier skill to replace. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in how much he got thrown around like a rag doll by Luka Doncic. Him and Mikel both. Um, he just was able to bully them in ways that he couldn't bully the Warriors defenders who were single covering him. You know, and some of that is scheme. Like Monty really put our guys on an island that the Warriors did not. But that's scheme. That that's something you learn. In the offseason, you come back better next year. But as far as like trying to put his chest into guys, Cam Johnson's chest does not stand still. His chest flies backwards. Um, so that there's an issue there a little bit. Um, but I would say it's probably it's a higher than 50% chance he returns, maybe in the 75 range. Okay, uh, next guy. Again, we're going to just go guys under contract first, and then we'll go into free agents. Okay, Tory Craig, chances he returns. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 20. Uh, I don't think it's very likely. I I think they uh, wanted to see if they, they could, you know, get a spark out of him in the playoffs. He just wasn't really the same. And uh, they have bigger needs this offseason. So I could could see this being the end. But, um, you know, who knows? If he wants to come back as a third string wing, then, who, you know, why not? So as far as contract is concerned, Torrey Craig guaranteed $5.1 next year. He's already he's going to make his money regardless. Um, that's a lot of money to swallow if you're just thinking you got to include him in a trade. I think yeah. there's a hundred percent chance the Suns make at least one trade this summer. He's an excellent cap value for trade. Excellent because the receiving team that's a salary filler if you're trying to match salaries. Perfect. So I think he's actually um, the only reason he's greater than zero chance to return is because of his guaranteed contract. And the fact that he was playable, more playable a year ago than he is now, and he's, he can't be that much older and worse. He might just have needed a better uh, chance, better experience. So I think it's probably 15, 20, 25% chance Tory Craig returns because of he knows the system. He was playing better in the past, and he's under contract. But I think they're going to try to include him as a salary filler in a trade this, this offseason. Um, okay, guys under contract. Cameron Payne, he's got one more guaranteed year. That's six million. And then it's only two million guaranteed the year after that. Uh six and a half million on a full contract, but only two million guaranteed. So he's basically an expiring. Campaign, what do you think are the chances campaign returns? This one's tough because obviously, you know, the contract's pretty team friendly, but he also fell off a cliff there towards the end of the season. Um I'm going to go 50-50, but I, I would probably lean towards him being gone if it wasn't for uh, the contract. And it also depends on what else they do with their roster. If they find another shot creator, like a, make a big move, then he could be just a cheap bench piece to kind of fill out that depth. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go 50-50 on that one. So Jam's got 80% chance he comes back. I think um, – I, I hope I'm not being inconsistent in my scoring, but – coming back that's the percent we're looking for and i think jam's got him at 80 percent coming back 
Um, Sawbuck's 100, and he needs to prove himself. Payne, uh, Fabio has him at 50. Um, Dean's got him at 40. So I don't know. I think you guys are probably right. I mean, there's no reason to trade campaign. He's a good guy coming off the bench. He's got great vibes with the team. He's really close with the guys, and I think James Jones really values that. He had a really bad year this year. I think what happened was when he first came back in the league, he just wanted to do anything he could to do well and and stay on the court. When he signed his contract that was the biggest of his career, he suddenly felt like he needed to be better than that. When all the Suns really wanted was for him to be that. And I think he tried too hard and he put too much pressure on himself and hopefully he'll get in the right headspace and get back to the old campaign or the the nouveau old campaign, however you call it. But we want the, we want the 2020, 2021 campaign. That's who we want. And I think he's real is probably going to come back because he's on a reasonable contract. And I'm not sure other teams, unless it's a salary filler again, he's a great, almost expiring salary filler. That's why you might have a lot of those. So yeah. So I think he's 50, 50. That is a great build. I think you guys are starting to see a pattern here. After you've got after you get past book and bridges, you basically got a whole team full of tradable, almost expiring contracts. So let's do the only one who's a little less expiring than the others is Landry Shamit. He makes guaranteed nine point two five million this coming year because he had signed an extension last year. And then ten point two five next year, the year after. But then the following years are non-guaranteed. So he's basically a two-year contract. But for $10 million a year, that is about as perfect a tradable salary as you can find. And he's a, and he's a rotation player. And the worse the team is, the more minutes he's going to get. So if you're trading him in a, in a salary-filling trade to a team that's rebuilding or kind of like on the outs, outskirts of the playoffs or whatever it is, they can talk themselves into 24-year-old Landry Shamit as a good building block going forward. He's Four teams already have thought that. Why not a fifth team? So I think he's pretty good um, uh, pretty good to be on the trade block, although Monty Williams loves him and tried to develop him as an on-ball guy, and James Jones love him, loves him. So I'm not really sure. Um, so on Shamit, <laughs> saw bucks, 100 Shamit, 100 on Shamit coming back and I'm crying right now. That's hilarious. Fabio has him at 50%. Eric Linares is to keep, uh, <laughs> Bailey Lyons depends if Monty's daughter still needs to get married. <laughs> uh, 51% for Dean St. Louis. I think I'm in the 51% range. I think he's going to be, um, again, perfect salary filler, salary matching, for a big contract to come back for a number of smaller contracts for the Suns. Um, nine and a half million is absolutely perfect, and it's only two-year guarantee. However, if the Suns don't end up making that big many-for-one trade to get that third star, then um, then he's going to stay because these guys love him. They're not just going to dump him. They're not going to dump him for a first-round pick like uh, New Jersey Nets did for the 29th pick last year. They're not going to. The Suns are not going to do that. But they would include him in a big contract. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, Williams. and as Jam says, we have to have somebody on the bench. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and Monty Williams just loves him 
like a little too much. I mean, including him in the young core talk at the end of the season was, and not Aiden was a little bit crazy to me, but yeah. Yeah. Like you said, very tradable contract. So um, we're going to get to Aiden in a couple of minutes, but that, that was very telling to me. Um, Let's go through Jamit curse too. just losing game seven of the second round. Every team he's been on for four straight years. What? Yep. How did I not pick up on this? Yeah, there's a graphic I saw the other day that just showed, uh, I think, Clippers, Nets. Um, who's the team he was on before the Nets? Uh, uh, Philly. Phil- oh, yeah. Well, you got going backwards, it's Nets, Clippers, Philly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, second round, game seven. No way. Straight years. So. And it's a different team every year. Yep. So, I think we just need to trade him. Get rid yeah, of the curtain now. <laughs> oh, okay. Now it's a hundred percent that they trade him. Zero percent. No, they they love him. For some reason, they love him. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's finish off the other expirings. You got Jay Crowder expiring at ten point one eight million, and you have Dario Sharge expiring at nine point two four million. Um. Again, under contract for another year, but after that, they're free. So for a team that wants to rebuild, that's only one year worth of contracts, and you have to have at least one year of contract to trade, to actually execute a trade. So <clears throat> let's do um, Jay first. What are the percentage he stays out of 100? I'm going to go 40, actually. Um, I, I have a feeling he's probably one of the most um, easily tradable pieces they have on this roster, and especially since it's an expiring deal. And if they trade with a team that's still trying to compete, you know, he's just someone that could come in and fill a role. So it would not shock me at all if they trade Jay Crowder. Um, but yeah, it's, we'll see. Uh, Bailey Lyons, Jay stays unless we can trade for a superstar. Jam has him at 35. Sawbucks has him at 100, uh, but leaving after next year. Dean St. Louis at 65. Long John Silver at 70. Fabio, 45. Nacho Man, 100. Um, hello just says he's trading everybody. Absolutely. I'm, 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 I think the Suns are going to try to aggregate these five to $10 million salaries into a bigger contract. Absolutely. Um, for sure. I, I definitely think the Suns are going to try for that. The question is whether you can actually execute it and get it done. They're not dumping guys for lesser guys. They're going to be aggregating for a bigger guy is what I think. Um, okay. And then uh, Dario, real quick, what are the chances Dario comes back? Um, I'll say 70% just because I don't, I'm not sure too many teams are going to be looking to trade for him. Um, his value is probably at an all time low. So unless they're just trying to get an expiring deal to match salaries, that's, that's the only way I really see him getting traded. Um, but it seems like the front office loves him too. So I could see him coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's 9 million next year. Again, perfect. Trade yeah. values. They have three guys making nine to ten million dollars, yeah. well, and then another three Jay guys Landry making or... five to six. I'm sorry, what? I, know. I was just gonna say at least one of Jay Landry or Dario are gonna get traded 100, percent and yeah. probably a few of them if they're trying yeah. to pair them. Uh, there's a lot of tradable contracts. Yeah. So James Jones values continuity unless he can get a superstar. So we'll just see. There could be all of them traded in one trade uh but he's not going to make a series of trades to get worse he's just not going to do that or younger sons are as young as he needs to be he wants them to be um so it would only be if you see those guys traded it's for somebody you hopefully will like better than those guys 
Um, yeah. Uh, right. Dario's like a second round pick. You put him in because you need to. Hello says, yeah, that kind of thing. So he'll be they'll be included for salary matching for somebody if they're traded at all. And and I think the Suns are actively going to try. So now let's go to the big name. Brr, drum roll. Brr, DeAndre Ayton. On a scale of 0 to 100, what are the chances DeAndre Ayton stays? Oof. This is tough. Um, I think, I mean, it seems like the situation, we don't know the full story, but just from what it looks like, it, it might be a damaged relationship. So I'm, I'm going to go with 40 um, out of 100, I think. If they do bring him back, it's only to flip him at a later date, too, at this point. But I, I just think the chances are he's probably gone. So we got people all over the board on here. Amin, zero. Jam, 50. Sawbuck, zero. Uh, uh, Bailey says Flex said that he won't play another game for the Suns, and he believes him. Eric Ramirez, 80. Nacho Man, 20. They're all over the board. Here's the thing. I would love to keep DeAndre Ayton if the Suns valued him and he valued the Suns. But if that relationship is broken and he's checking out like um, we all kind of thought he would a year ago and didn't, but now all of a sudden he is, if that's what's happening, you move on. You got to move on. He's definitely not going to be a number one or two option, has no interest in his head to be the number one or two option scoring-wise. Um, he's looking to get the ball, you know, when it's convenient, but then only complains when people start complaining back at him. Um, I think that he is flex said on his recent coast to coast podcast that just went out yesterday. I tried to get him on here today, but he's out of town for Memorial day weekend. But, um, he did say on his coast to coast, his own podcast that he thinks Aiden's played his last game in Phoenix, but he also has said to me, and I think he said it on the pod too that it's always reparable. You can always, uh, everyone can always just come back together and say, yay, let's love each other. Here's your $30 million DA. We're going to match this offer because we can't find a better deal for you. We can't find a deal we like. And, or we're just going to give you the deal and trade you later. There is that possibility. There's definitely a strong possibility he stays. But if he stays, uh, the majority of that probability is a that's only to trade him later which as we've seen in son's history has not gone well when a player is here beyond the beginning of the season knowing he's going to get traded at some point it usually doesn't end well so i think james jones is going to figure out how to move him you might be disappointed in what the suns can get back for him in trade because that team receiving team is already going to be paying him a max if they're going to do that kind of sign and trade thing let me break down the problem with the DA trade, and I'm going to do it, um, <clears throat> all apologies to Flex, but I'm going to do it in better wording than he used. Um, I got this verified with some of the cap guys too, so I know this is this is how it is. There's something called base year compensation. Base year compensation means, uh, the reason, well, first of all, free agency. There's always been sign and trades. What's ha- what ha- what started to happen was that teams would actually re-sign a player to a huge salary number just to trade him for another player on that salary. 
and owners were like, save us from ourselves. They basically in the latest, in one of the more recent CBAs, or maybe even as back as 2005, as far back as that, they made it so that teams cannot overinflate a salary for the purposes of a trade. So it's called this base year compensation thing. Base year compensation means if your salary in your new contract as part of a sign and trade increases by more than 20%, then all you can do is either use last year's salary plus 20% or 50% of the new salary. And that's it in the outgoing salary matching of the trade. That's base year compensation. So in this case, <clears throat> if DeAndre Ayton is going to get signed for $30 million, he only made 12 last year. If he gets signed for $30 million this year, um, he only counts for $15 million in the trade. Now, there's a different trade rule that says, okay, but for salary matching purposes, you can be uh, within $5 million of, of, sorry, you can add $5 million to e either side to get within 25% matching rules for teams that are over the cap. And all that means is DA's 15 can count for 20. The problem is the receiving team is getting him for 30 which means they need to count them at 24 because they can only go 25%. So it's weird, but it's not really doable to trade DA to a team that is going to trade back a player that makes 30 plus. So you can't trade DA for the big name. You can't trade DA directly for Joel Embiid or Kevin Durant or Damian Lillard or LeBron James or any of these big names that might be available or Bradley Beal. You can't do that. Plus, most of those teams are already called, called something like hard capped. They're called hard capped, which means if they've already received a player, if they're going to receive a player and assign a trade, which DA would be, that would hard cap them. They're already hard capped anyway. And they can't, they would not be able to absorb DA into their into their salary structure. So DA can't even be traded to these teams as a sign and trade directly. So what you end up doing is you trade DA to somebody else who will give you young players and picks that the team you want to acquire your big name from wants young players and picks. So, And you've got to pre-organize all of that stuff. So if you see DA get traded for something lesser, which I've advocated against, but because of this base year compensation thing, they have to. If he gets traded for lesser, like the Spurs, like Flex throughout, the Spurs, Jakob Pertl, and Devin Vassell and a first-round pick, the number nine pick. That could happen. We don't know if the Spurs want him. We don't know if the Spurs want DA. But if they did, they could approximate, get a deal done with that. And then the Suns now have Jakob Pertl and Devin Vassell as tradable assets, as well as another pick or two as tradable assets. You could send them to Detroit uh, for younger players as well. Um, you could send him a lot of different places. Indiana might have, you know, a way to get uh, to, to absorb DA and send back enough salary where they don't care about the base year compensation. You have to trade them to a team that's so far under the cap that they can absorb DA into the cap and not worry about that 25% matching so that they can just take back the 15 that DA counts for. So all that is very complicated way of saying you're probably going to see DA get traded for lesser, but those assets are meant to be used in a flip for a better player with a team who's got a free or, or a guy who wants to be traded. 
if the Suns cannot work all that complicated crap out, they're just going to keep DA and then do it later when he counts for the full compensation, which is next trade deadline or the year after. I hope that wasn't too much. Did that make any sense? Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, basically, what could happen is just another Ben Simmons situation where uh, Philly, you know, the, the relationship's damaged. Uh, Philly just decides to pay him with the intention of, you know, trading him later on. And, uh, you know, that led – I don't think it's going to get as bad as that situation, hopefully, where he's sitting out. But, but yeah, it's, it seems like uh, at this point you're not going to get a star from from a sign-and-trade like you mentioned. It's, it's going to be – you're going to gain assets and then maybe in a, um, like, like we kind of talked about before the show, just in a roundabout way, use those assets along with all those expiring mm-hmm. and um, mid-sized contracts to, to go out and get that star. So, so before this scrolls too far past, I just want to pick up on it. Um, Bailey Lyons, this is just my dream. Get KD using Aiden. No, you can't because um, uh, the Nets cannot receive Aiton in a trade because that would be a sign-in trade. So that's out unless you do the roundabout that we're talking about, trade Aiton somewhere else and then use those players and picks to get KD. Um, and then go and use more for Miles Turner. Um, that would be nice. Sure, depends on what all is left after you have to trade a bunch of stuff for KD and then you still have to fill out a roster. That's possible, but it would be more complicated than just the straight-up trade, Bailey. Uh, let's see, Jam, can you add players? Uh, yeah, but the problem is, again, these receiving teams for the big name cannot receive DA in a sign and trade. So it has to be roundabout. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't like trading for less players with picks. It's not a sure thing. Absolutely. You can bet, hello, that James Jones is not going to trade DA for lesser unless he's got that next big trade already lined up. And don't be foolish, folks. These trades are already lined up well before they actually happen. The Chris Paul, Chris Paul just said, all you can do is negotiate with Phoenix. He told the Thunder that. And the Thunder agreed. And the Suns worked things around so that they were ready to make that Chris Paul trade. Same thing would happen here. If you see DA traded, it's because they've got something else lined up. Now, if he gets traded for less and then nothing else happens, then the Suns got screwed over. But they're not going to do it without the almost certain sense that they're going to get that second trade done. That second trade could be a month or two later, though. It could even be, unfortunately, the next trade deadline or something like that if, if the uh, team with the big-name player backs off for a little bit. But I'll tell you what, in New Jersey, I say New Jersey, it's really Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, if they're not going to re-sign Kyrie Irving and all you've got is Ben Simmons as your sidekick, if you're KD, you've already jumped ship on the Thunder when Russell Westbrook was at the height of his powers. You already jumped ship on the Warriors when Steph and them were at the height of their powers. Don't for a second believe that Kevin Durant wants to stay in in Brooklyn to play next to Ben Simmons. He did not sign on to Brooklyn to play next to Ben Simmons and nobody else. If the Nets won't re-sign Kyrie, you, you know Kevin Durant's leaving. LeBron, let's talk about him for a second. LeBron, who did the Lakers just sign as their head coach last night? Darvin Ham, assistant coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. You think there's a chance in hell the Lakers are gonna are looking to contend next year? Or do you think they're gonna try to retool? Darvin Ham is not the guy who's gonna win you a championship. LeBron James has only three two years left, maybe, three years left in the NBA. 
He doesn't want a rookie head coach trying to carry him, help him get to the finals. Although he did that with Tyron Lue, so maybe I'm overstating it. Tyron Lue had never coached before and, to, and still winning a championship. Uh, but LeBron's kind of past his prime. He kind of probably needed a better coach for his latest playoff run. So it might be that they already know LeBron's going to want to move. Who knows? I don't know what's going to happen there. There's a lot of up in the airs. Philadelphia, Joel Embiid. He's got to be disappointed with the James Harden that they acquired. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be trying to figure out a way to have a better team. And if he doesn't believe Philadelphia will do it, then what's he going to do? He might insist on a trade. We've got big names who might insist on trades this offseason. So we need to see what the Suns are going to do. But they already went after Chris Paul. I think there's a really good chance they're going to go after one of these guys hard. And these guys all love playing with Devin Booker. As much as you may question Devin Booker's influence, he's got a hell of a lot of influence in this league with the best players. Yeah, and there's potential for this to be one of the all-time off-seasons in terms of stars moving and things happening that maybe you didn't see coming. Um, you already mentioned a ton of big names, and we haven't even talked about Utah yet. Like, There's a very good chance they could blow things up there with Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell, um, Damian Lillard in Portland. Uh, could be gone. They just hired Mike Schmitz as an assistant GM, uh, notable yep. draft guy that um, yeah. he's going to want to go young. Good point. Yeah. So there, I think there's a lot that's mm-hmm. it's going to be like dominoes dropping. Yeah. I didn't even mention field. Dame. He's another big one that could be moving. Yep. And of course, Brad Beal. That's Beal, a good point. KD, LeBron, obviously there's stuff that could happen there. And, you know, if Kyrie wants to go somewhere else, like there, there's just so many things that could happen. Yeah. Um, the Knicks could be players that have a lot of contracts they could flip. And Julius Randle is another name that Sam Cooper mentioned for the Suns, which I love you, Sam, but no thanks. Um, Pascal <laughs> Siakam is another name that's been kind of loosely tied to the Suns. Uh, I think that'd be an awesome fit. But that, but only as yeah. an addition. He's not that 1A that's going to take over. I mean, he, he can take off. He can take over some creation uh, uh, responsibility from Chris Paul, but I'm not sure he's as – he would be like a consolation prize for the Suns if all the other big names fall through. I think the Suns are really going for it, going to really go for it this summer. Yeah. Um, we got a couple of comments I want to make. Let's see. Uh, sorry, I want to share it with you. Um, hello, remembers when Marcus Morris said he'd go to the Spurs and then Spurs made trade to sign him and then Morris backs out. I think that was the Knicks. But anyway, yeah, that was that was weird. But this isn't Marcus Morris we're talking about. Trust me, guys. The Suns are not targeting Marcus Morris. Um, Ted Lubin uh, asked if the Suns played badly because of the Sarver allegations. Man, they went on an 18-game win streak when it first came out. I don't think they give a crap about the Sarver allegations. They're just trying to play games. That wouldn't have had any impact, I don't think. I haven't heard anything. If it comes out later to be true, great. Uh, but no, if if those become uh, like verified, I don't think that would have affected game six or seven. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know about overstating the uh, new coach. I think Mark Clavel said new coach on the Lakers overstating uh, that meaning the Lakers going to rebuild. I, I could be wrong on that, but I just think that's a lot of iffy uh, going for a guy who's at the last two years of his career for LeBron. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, well, hold on. Did we cover everything in section two that you wanted to cover in the second quarter? Yeah, I think we're all good there. Um, yeah, 
move on? Yeah, I don't want to go over draft regrets. You had that down. Maybe another maybe another whole episode we'll talk about the what ifs. Uh, no, maybe a, plenty of those. Yeah, but that's all right. Um, people, yeah, okay, anyway. Now, true or false? Let's move on to the third quarter. True or false? Brandon, you want to run this one? Most of these yeah, are still so, valid. We talked about some, but most of them, some of them are still valid. Yeah, a couple of them we've agents. already talked about a little bit, but we can, uh, let's just start with uh, the Bigs rotation, um, backups. Travail McGee, true or false? He will be back with the Suns next season. So now we're talking about total free agents. These guys are unrestricted. They can go anywhere. Um, I did notice that McGee took all reference of the Suns off of his Instagram, but I think a lot of players do that kind of stuff, so it's not that big of a deal. But And he is uh, going to host a, a softball charity fundraiser uh, in June. So he hasn't like left town, and he hasn't left the Phoenix area for sure. But that is in June, not July, when free agents can sign somewhere else. Um, what do you all think? Is McGee coming back on a scale of uh, on true or false? Is McGee coming back? Um, I think maybe he does come back, personally. I think he's at that part of his career where if, if the Suns acquire a top-five player to go along with Devin Booker and probably even Chris Paul, I think JaVale McGee comes back. Yeah, I, I think especially if they trade and he could be someone they'd, they'd just have his depth along with um, some guys we'll get to later in this. But, um, you know, with Dario coming back, maybe bring Frank back. They're, they're going to need as many bigs as they can if they get rid of DeAndre. So um, I think it's, it's pretty pretty likely he's back. But, again, you never know with uh, the need for for centers and there could be a better spot for him. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go true. You're going to go true? Okay. We got a lot of trues in the chat. People are, people are all over bringing back, um, all on bringing back Javale McGee. All right, what's your next all one? Right. Next one. This one's kind of loosely tied to that in a way. I mean, they could both return, they could both go. Um, but true or false, Bismack Bayombo will return to the Suns next season. You know, I think it's either or. I don't think both come back. I think. But it really depends, right? If the Suns do a five for one trade or four for one trade to get a great player, um, they might both come back because obviously there was room. But Dario, if Dario's traded, they might both come back. That's a good question. Um, hopefully, hopefully Frank Kaminsky's coming up here soon um, on the comeback. But basically, you're right. I think it all depends on what moves they make this summer. They would like to bring Bismack back if there's if there's an opportunity for him to play. And I think Bismack would like to come back if there's an opportunity to play. But if, yeah, if you've traded DA and you've traded Dario and you don't have any other centers, but you've got other good players at different positions, then sure. Uh, two or three of those guys, McGee, Bismack, and maybe even Frank come back. Yeah. I'll say false. I think um, it only makes sense to bring back one of JaVale or Bismack, just in terms of what James Jones typically likes in a big, it seems like, he wants more guys that can dribble, pass, shoot, uh, make decisions at the top of the key, go with a five-out offense, and Bismack doesn't really fit that. I think he could switch a little better than JaVale, but um, having both those guys, you know, if, if DeAndre's gone and they really need depth, there's, there's a chance they could, but uh, I think it's going to be one of those either-or situations with those guys. 
Are we going to do the Ife Lumberg? <laughs> Why not? We, we can uh, substitute <laughs> that with, with Landry since we already talked about Shamit. Um, All right. True, false. Ife Lumberg is on the team next year. What do you think? They can still sign him to a two-way, correct? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll go true. Why not? I think they brought him over here. He'll be back on a two-way, and it won't really, you know, him initially. He's still hanging out with the team. He's still in town. He's still he just can't be active for games because he wasn't on the playoff roster uh, because he didn't have a real contract. But I bet you he's in. The Suns will have a summer league entry. Yeah, he'll be on the summer league team. I think. All right, we'll see how he does on the summer league team. <laughs> Sawbucks falls, Dean true. Uh, yeah, Bailey Lyons. I think you're you're talking about FA zero. Maybe you were talking about Javale. I'm not sure, but yeah. So okay, what else we got on true false? Anything? Ish. Yeah, let's Ish see. Let's Ish Wayne. Since uh, we've already kind of covered uh, Crowder, we'll substitute that. True or false? Ish Winwright will be back with the Suns next year. Man, I got to go false on that one. He just didn't really end up looking like a player. Maybe he develops. Is he better than Torrey Craig? Possibly. If they trade Torrey Craig, he's more likely to come back. Um, <laughs> hello is iffy on Ishy. <laughs> Jam says 100 on Ish. Uh, Sawbucks false. Iffy on Ishy. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't know about the end of the bench, guys. This is just conjecture at this point. It all depends on what trades the Suns make. I think the Suns are going to include at least four players in trade this summer from their current rotation. Yeah, and then we'll see what else happens there's, after. There's going to be moves made for sure. So I mean, it's it's just a matter of who gets traded and what type of move they make. Yeah, well, I don't know. There's there's a lot of routes they can go. So I'm. I'm excited, even though, um, you know, the season ended the way it did. It's going to lead to this type of offseason. So I'm all for all the chaos in the world. You know, bring it. Yeah, Yeah, I think, again, the only guaranteeds coming back, Monty Williams, Devin Booker. And almost guaranteed would be Mikel and Chris Paul. Yeah, I think the only way, like we said earlier, that Mikel is traded is if, you know, a superstar is coming to Phoenix. Uh, otherwise, um, you'd have a lot of upset Suns fans because I don't think you should trade him for someone like a that's in that mid tier. That's not really going to move the needle. If you're trading McCall, it has to be, you know, game changer. Right. Exactly. All right. Um, so my bold prediction: we're going to wrap this thing up. My bold prediction was that the, at least four players are included in trades by I'm going to say the first week of July. So between the draft and the opening week of free agency, um, of course, July 6th is the first time trades can be finalized, but you can certainly uh, announce them or leak them before that. Uh, but I think, um, hello says trade CP for DeJounte Murray. Yeah, yeah, there's no way the Spurs want that. <laughs> um, Murray would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, he uh, would. That's, you just don't get handed those guys, so. I would not be surprised if Murray was passing to Aiden next year in San Antonio. Oh, man. That's the thing. You look at these teams that Aiden could be traded to, and almost every one of them would get better with Aiden. That's why I didn't want him traded, but if his relationship's broken, it's broken. 
And if the Suns want to get a top five overall or top eight or whatever it is overall NBA player, um, he's kind of the guy you have to sacrifice to get there probably. So, But if you're going to go for Pascal Siakam, you can get Pascal while keeping D.A. So I think if you end up with Pascal, you also end up keeping D.A. I disagree. I think the only reason I, I don't D.A. get Pascal keeping D.A. Unless you're, trading, unless you're trading Mikel, I don't think you'd get Pascal without trading D.A. Um, in, a, in a roundabout way. They'd have to do it like – unless Mikel Bridges – You don't think D.A. Do. and Pascal could be in the same lineup with C.P. and Book or would be I, in Mikel? I think it could work, but I just don't think you could, you have the assets for that. That's what I mean. You don't think they could they could swing it? Yeah, I don't know. It depends on what Toronto like wants to do. Cam Johnson and fillers, like that's that's not enough for Pascal. Yeah, probably true. NBA. probably true. You'd have to include Mikel if you don't do Da. Yeah. Which at that and point, at that point, you might as well just keep Mikel and Da, because those guys got you to the finals. Pascal got to the finals too, but he wasn't a prime player until after that. Okay, what's your bold prediction? Um, I think there's going to be a DeAndre in trade right before the draft, and it's going to send Suns fans into panic because it'll be kind of like we talked about. They're going to pretty much use the assets they get in that for a separate trade. So uh, I think the sky will be falling falling for you know a day or two, and then that third or that second trade is going to happen where they get the guy that they're targeting. I don't know who that's going to be, but um, I think. We're gonna have one of those moments where it's like, you know, the Suns Suns fans are just, you know, in all out panic mode and without seeing the big picture. So that, well, that's well, we finally I'm- got some panic uh, comments in our chat toward the end of this. Took an hour. I appreciate y'all holding back for the whole hour, but wow, big warthog. Monty is Mike D'Antoni part two. I think that's a good then bad thing. Uh, and then HW. Um, time to trade Booker. <laughs> That's not happening. Booker's going to get that $200 million extension the second he's allowed to uh, get it offered to him. But uh, that's the state that the Suns have left us in, being worried about the future. So those are your big takes. I appreciate your bold predictions. If those come true, we'll come back and we'll give you credit for those things. Um, and uh, thank you all for joining us today. Brandon, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, uh, at Zona Hoops underscore on Twitter, um, brightsideofthesun.com, and zonahoops.com. All right, I am Dave King. You can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. You can find my work at brightsideofthesun.com, my written work, if you guys like to read, and, of course, these podcasts. So thank you all so much for joining us on today's Sun Solar Panel. If you're listening to this on the podcast apps, please remember to rate, subscribe, at least subscribe, and then review it. Leave us a review. We haven't gotten one in a little while. We've got a bunch of really good ones in the past, but uh, I haven't asked for any lately. And, and uh, so let's let's get some new reviews out there if you, ha- if you haven't left one already. And definitely make sure you're subscribed on the, on the pod, on the audio. If you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, we do have extra shows that are on the audio. So you might as well have that uh, subscribed. And if you're listening on the audio itself and it got shared with you, go ahead and subscribe and tell your friends about us too. Uh, we uh, will. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here all summer, all off season. We're going to talk about uh, what's going to happen with this Suns. My final bold prediction is the Suns are still going to be predicted to finish first or second in the West next year because of the Suns, the moves they make this off season. And uh, we're going to have another good season to look forward to. I have, I have so, one more too. I'll do one more bold ahead. prediction. Uh, 
Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Why not? Oh, here it's we go. Happening. Kevin it's Durant happening. to Phoenix. All right. Olympic book activated. Um, I think. Why not? Just throw it out there. They won a gold together. That means JaVale has to come back too. So we got basically the American gold medal team in Phoenix. <laughs> All right, man. Good job. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody who joined us today in the chat. Thank you, everyone who's listening right now. Again, make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you're here. If you're on the audio, subscribe there too. We love you. We'll talk to you all again next time.